It is simply amazing on how much death and destruction is being caused by one man. Putin, he's a monster. This isn't about his uh, Politburo or the people of Russia. Nobody over there outside of the real fanatical Putin people want this. It's him. So whenever you hear anyone, whether it be a politician, a foreign leader, a pundit here in the USA, stick up for Putin, you got to take measure of that. This man is a war criminal. He is responsible for the deaths of women and children, innocent women and children, and the destruction of an entire country. Okay, now. A media story about Putin is the subject of this evening's Talking Points memo. Over the weekend, a far-left rag named Mother Jones printed a story with the headline, Leaked Kremlin Memo to Russian Media. It is essential to feature Tucker Carlson. That was the headline of the story. It was written by a guy named David Korn, C-O-R-N who is in the Vile Human Being Hall of Fame. Long time horror, this guy. Now, Mother Jones would have you believe that someone inside the Russian government leaked them a memo ordering the Russian media to use Tucker Carlson. That's what they want the readers to believe. Okay, so the first question comes to mind is, why would they leak a memo like that to an obscure publication, which nobody reads and very few have even heard of, Mother Jones? Why wouldn't they leak that to the Washington Post or the New York Times or a big publication? That's question number one. Number two, who leaked this so-called memo? Mother Jones won't say. It's anonymous sources. So I guess Mother Jones is protecting someone inside the Kremlin, doesn't want to say who that person is or even describe what position that person might hold. All right. These are these are just logical questions. Why Mother Jones and why not identify the person who sent you the memo? Third, The Russian government hasn't verified this memo. You would think they'd be right on it, right? Tucker Carlson sticking up for us, right? Wouldn't they do that? Wouldn't they want the world to know? What's the downside for Putin? No downside. They haven't verified it. Doesn't matter. As Soon as this comes out, the left-wing websites on the internet pick it up. Boom, it's out there. So Carson sitting there going, what the deuce is this? As I did in, let me get the exact year, 2015, February 19th. The same publication, Mother Jones, the same guy, David Korn, wrote a defamatory article saying that I fabricated my reporting overseas. It was a total lie, 100% lie. And if not for a man named Don Brown, who was the NBC bureau chief 
covering South America at the time. And I was working for CBS. Okay. I wasn't working for him. I didn't even know him. He came out and said, that's bull. What O'Reilly reported was damn good. Now, did anybody retract? Did Mother Jones? No, no, no. The damage was done because Mother Jones wanted to take me out, as it does Tucker Carlson. Wants to take him off the board. And that's what these people do. But the horror of it all is that the other Internet news sites just pick it up and spit it out to the world. Unbelievable corruption. Now, I disagree with Tucker Carlson's coverage of the Ukraine war. A hundred percent disagree. In fact, I did investigating over the weekend and I have excellent sources. Can I tell you who they are? So I'm not reporting this as fact. I'm reporting what I was told. And this is about the bioweapons lab in Ukraine. That story is bogus. So when the Soviet Union left Ukraine, it also left a number of nuclear and bio weapons scattered around the country. Okay, they're called hot spots. We have one on Long Island, Plum Island. Okay, so the United States under Obama, Trump and now Biden funds a laboratory to clean up those hot spots. That's the story. It's not Ukraine with American money is making some diabolical bioweapon, as implied by some commentators. That's not true. It's a cleanup site. Now, if you don't believe me, just think about it. Three presidents, they're going to fund a bioweapons lab in close proximity to Russia, where if Russia comes across, that's the first thing they see. That's what they're going to do. Come on. All right. But if you go on the right wing websites, You'll see bioweapons lab funded by USA. You see what I mean? It's totally out of control. The American people don't know what the deuce to think. But when you attack a human being, i.e. Tucker Carlson, and try to take him out using some kind of ridiculous report, it's just unbelievably wrong. Carlson's entitled to his opinion. He's entitled to say what he thinks. You don't like it, you don't like it. Don't watch it. All right? My job is to give you the truth. Now, maybe my sources, again, if you read Killing the Killers, you'll, so, you'll know what kind of sources we have inside the intelligence community in the United States. But my sources say, Clean up lab. Maybe they're lying to me. Possible, but not probable. You don't think Donald Trump is going to allow that? Do you really? Do you really think that? Okay. That is the Talking Points memo.
American journalists killed by Russian forces. You know, I said this in private conversation. I didn't say it on the air because I didn't want to get into a what could happen speculatory situation. But I knew that Russian troops would kill any journalist, doesn't have to be American, if there was an opportunity, and they have. Brent Renault, brilliant journalist from all accounts, and his partner, Juan Ariando, was wounded. All right, so they were up covering a refugee situation as they should have, and the Russians uh, were there, and the Russians just shot at them. And um, Mr. Renault was killed. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the largest online nursery in the USA? With more than 10,000 plant varieties and millions of satisfied customers. I have their trees and plants at my home, and they're fantastic. Have you had your fair share of landscaping woes and wasted weekends at crowded nurseries? Finding fast-growing trees will be like stumbling upon a hidden treasure, believe me. With fast-growing trees, it's different. From fruit trees to houseplants, they have it all delivered right to your doorstep. Plus, their plant experts are always available for advice. And here's the best part. This spring, they have up to half off on select plants. And my audience can get an extra 15% off by using promo code Bill at checkout. So please go to FastGrowingTrees.com. Use promo code Bill at checkout. Now, I, I'm not going to tell you about my background here, but I was in the same situation as he was in uh, Argentina and to a lesser extent in El Salvador. There's nobody around who would tech me. And I knew that the army in Argentina and the muchachos, the guerrillas in El Salvador, would shoot me. They were perfectly capable of that. Not only me, but any gringo. Okay, so I, you know, our condolences to his family. And I mean, the guy was a brilliant journalist, and I hope somebody writes a book about him. Okay, let's get into more propaganda, and this is unbelievable. So I told you, and I'll run this after we have Bernie Goldberg going to comment on my uh, on my comments. Going to comment on my comments? <laughs> He's going to assess what I'm saying. But I'm going to do the oil thing after Bernie. But I will tell you that I told you last week that a New York Times fact-checked article which said that Biden was not responsible for the rise in American gas prices was bogus, all right? So the Biden administration picked up that article on March 11th. This was on a flight back, I guess it was uh, from Fort Worth. Andrew Bates is the voice you will hear. He works for Biden. Go. The New York Times had a very conclusive fact check yesterday. Headline was Republicans wrongly blame Biden for rising gas prices. Uh, and so I think it's important to note that independent arbiters in the press uh, have consulted experts and they have deemed that these attacks are disingenuous. Independent. <laughs> yeah, OK. So I knew that was going to happen. And here's what I told you. That was March 11th. Here's what I said on March 10th. Go. 
So why is the New York Times putting that on page one? Rank propaganda, blatantly dishonest. Why? Two reasons. First, to prop up Joe Biden, who's getting hammered. But second, and most importantly, the New York Times knows the climate change warriors are on the run. The number one issue for the New York Times is climate change and changing America's capitalistic system into a quasi-social economic system under the guise of improving the planet climate-wise. Okay, joining us now from North Carolina is the purveyor of BernardGoldberg.com, a very good website. You guys should check in with uh, Bernie regularly. And I just said a, a, a lot. Yeah, you okay? did. Okay. So you take it where you want to take it. Go. Let me start out with uh, the, the war correspondent who was killed. Um, over the last two years, 96 journalists have been killed. This year, at least five independent journalists were killed in Mexico alone. So forgive me if I'm stating the obvious, but dictators, authoritarian thugs, criminals, none of them want journalists nosing into their business. So I don't think there's anybody on the planet who thinks that Vladimir Putin is happy that journalists in general and journalists with cameras in particular are covering the war because they expose the violations, the human rights violations, the war crimes that he's committing. And I hate to say this, and boy, do I hate, do, do I hope I'm wrong, but some of the people you're watching on a daily and nightly basis doing live shots from balconies in, in Kiev well, I hope they're all okay. I hope they all come out in one piece. But they are in very, very dangerous, very dangerous situation. Yeah, that's uh, why I didn't say what my prediction was, because I didn't want to be the Grim Reaper, but I knew. And, and not only that, but journalists cannot go to the bio lab. They can't go to the uh, nuclear reactors. They have to stay where the Ukrainians control the situation because the Russian army will shoot them dead because the Russian army knows no one will hold them accountable. Just like the Mexican government are not going to hold the cartel members accountable for killing the journalists in Mexico. They right. didn't get away with it, so why not do it? So it is ultra dangerous, and everybody should understand that those people over there, uh, those journalists, are heroes. Now, what about this rank propaganda? I gave you the Mother Jones yeah. Um, and the bioweapons example, because I wanted to show left and right. What do you think about that? Well, here's where we may have an interesting discussion. Uh, I don't know if the Mother Jones report is true or not. I mean, I'm willing to accept your take on it, that they're out to get certain people. I'm willing to accept that, but I don't know. But I do know this. After Tucker Carlson did one of the stupidest commentaries in the history of stupid cable news commentaries. The Russian state TV ran the segment he did with subtitles. And let me tell you what he did 
And, and more importantly, let me tell your audience what he did. He went on television and he said, why do we hate, this is one day before the, the tanks rolled into Ukraine. Why do we hate Vladimir Putin so much? He didn't call us a racist, did he? He didn't call us, he, did, he doesn't manufacture fentanyl. He didn't take our middle-class jobs away. So why do we hate him so much? Well, here, here's what he left out of his questions. We hate him so much because he's an authoritarian thug, because he doesn't tolerate any dissent, that he poisons people in his own country who disagree with him, and because he was on the verge of launching the biggest ground war in Europe in more than 75 years. But Tucker Carlson was, you know, so there's, there was an old term, which I know you know, Bill, in the Soviet days called a useful idiot, a, a Westerner, an American, who went along with Stalin or whoever, not knowing what he was really doing. Tucker Carlson knows what he was doing. He was appealing to the most extreme wing of his audience. That's what he was doing. And he well, was defending Well, there is a, there is a possibility that, that, first of all, Carlson's entitled to say what he wants to say. You would agree with that, right? Uh, well, yes, as long as you agree that I'm entitled to call him a dope for doing okay. it. Well, and you're I'm on the air here, and we'll put Carlson on if he wants to come on. But, and, I'm, and I'm aware that in, uh, more than a few people watching us right now are fans of Tucker Carlson, yeah, but I sure. won't pander to them. I won't pander to them. Well, you never do, he and, and uh, that's why we, we put you on. But, but let me play devil's advocate here. So Carlson may believe that it's not worth uh, the United States leading the charge against a totalitarian guy, and I don't think Tucker would, would uh, deny that, because the stakes in Ukraine aren't high enough. And that, you know, Putin's not threatening us directly. He just wants Ukraine. And for whatever reason, Carlson thinks that's not OK, but it doesn't justify getting us down the road to a bigger confrontation. I think if that's he, his his thinking. If, Would you disagree if, with that? Well, let me let me give you my take on it. If he had said, and I think this is what you're implying, if he had said, I don't think it's worth sending Americans to fight there. I'd say that's fine. By the way, not only do I agree with that, but I think he's certainly more than entitled to that opinion. But he didn't say that. He said, why do we hate Vladimir Putin as much as we do? That's a dumb question. And it's a cynical question because even Tucker Carlson knows that Vladimir Putin is the monster that you said he was a few minutes ago. He did it for a reason. What's the reason? to appeal to the fringe of his audience. That's not a good enough reason for me. Okay, what percentage of Americans do you believe are not sympathetic to Putin? I don't think there are hardly any sympathetic, but are basically so distrustful of the Biden administration that they are skeptical of any action against anybody at this point. What percentage well, I, of Americans do you think fall into that category? Well, I, I think just broadly speaking, there's a lot of skepticism because of something else you said earlier. You don't know who to trust anymore. But, but in particular, I think only the hard, crazy right-wing fringe uh, is, a, is a fan of Putin. There was a, a white supremacist rally, and, and they started chanting Putin, Putin, Putin in a positive way. This is only fringe screwballs. 
who, who actually like Putin. Uh, you know, 99% of Americans, especially now seeing on television what he's doing, uh, despise right, the so, guy. So I agree with your assessment that I, I wouldn't put it at 99, I put it at 95. So 95% of Americans, they want this Putin guy to be crushed. Now, most don't want, and all the polls demonstrate this, most don't want American soldiers on the ground. It's evenly divided among uh, air power. But I will tell you that Polish jets going up in Ukraine airspace is just what Putin wants. Because he'll knock them out of the sky like that, and then he can go to his own people and say, see, I told you, there are big threats, and now we got to do X, Y, and Z. So that's what's going on with the jets. But about 5% of the people do sympathize with Putin for whatever crazy reason. Carlson's got to know that he's staking out territory that <laughs> might come back to bite him, don't you think? Carlson's a yeah, smart yeah. guy. He's, yeah, he's not a dummy. I do think that. And you know when he came back to bite him? Less than 24 hours later, when the tanks rolled in and he was out on that limb all by himself. But didn't come back to bite him because his numbers are still pretty strong. People well, did not I bail. Mean, but one day later, one day later, not one week later, not one month later, one day later, he said, oh, I just want to make clear what Vladimir Putin did yesterday, last night when he rolled his tanks into Ukraine. This war is on him. He was wrong. Well, why did he say that one day after he, he said he said it because management told him to say it? OK. All right. I mean, okay. you want the truth. That's the truth. I'm willing to accept that. I hope so. All right. Um, last question here. By the way, do you think that's a, do you, if you believe in something and management tells you to well, say look, it? It's a matter of do I keep my job or, or what? They didn't order him. Hey, look, I know what happened. They didn't order him to say anything. That's He's way too powerful for Fox right. management to do that. But they said, and they rightly said, Fox management wasn't wrong. You're putting us in a difficult spot here. Right. Okay? Right. If, there's, if there's any window where you see, you know, the other side of the story, maybe it's, you should let that go tonight. And, and, and what and do you Fox think Fox management was absolutely correct in saying that. They got thousands of employees you know, and those employees, a lot of them are, are getting a little nervous about this. Last word. I don't blame them. What would you say if if uh, uh, somebody on Fox or any channel said what he said, but had really, really crummy ratings? What do you think would well, have happened? They're gone then. Exactly. But they, exactly. If you have crummy ratings, but I shouldn't say that because CNN has the worst ratings I've ever seen. And they're going to fire 50% of their personnel over there. But they've lasted for years. So it's a different game than it was when I started the factor and when you were a contributor on the factor. It's a far different game right now. Because there's only one thing that trumps money, only one thing, I and that's ide ideology. Right, right. All right, Bernie, BernardGoldberg.com is the place. After you finish with BillOReilly.com, you whip right on over there, and you'll know everything. Thanks, Bernie. We always appreciate it. Thanks, Bill. Bye-bye. Now, empathy is feeling the pain of other people, really feeling it, not faking it. Many, many people go, oh, but uh, you know, they're not real involved with the feelings of others. Empathetic people give money to charity. They volunteer. They help out. They demand policies that will right 
wrongs. So uh, if you are one of those people, then you are empathetic. Unfortunately, this thing uh, has uh, wreaked havoc on empathy because there is no sympathy or feeling on the machines that dominate our lives. And you can see horrible things every single day and you almost become numb to the horrible things. Now, the pictures out of Ukraine, obviously, uh, many people feel very empathetic about the suffering those people are going through over there. Um, Americans are rallying to give money and to demand policies to help the Ukrainians. But a guy like Putin, one man and one man only, can destroy human beings at will on this planet. Putin has no empathy for anybody. He's a sociopath. Sociopath means you have no feelings toward anyone but yourself. Okay, a narcissist does that as well, but it's a little bit of a difference. Sociopaths are much more aggressive toward other people than narcissists are. Narcissists are all about them. Sociopaths want to hurt you. Okay, so where does Joe Biden stand on this? Perhaps the best measure is the rising prices in America that are really hurting working class, poor people, and pretty much all of us, right? So under President Biden's first year, inflation is soaring out of control. Some of that is Putin's invasion. Some of it is COVID, but not most of it. Most of it are just bad policies by Joe. However, he's never going to cop to it. Here's what he said yesterday. Go. Let's be absolutely clear about why prices are high now. They're high for two reasons. One was COVID. The way the global economy works, and now second big reason for inflation, is Vladimir Putin and gas prices. Not a joke. We've seen the price of gas go up over a dollar just since he put his troops on the border, on the border of Ukraine. They went up a dollar and five cents. But what Biden will not say is that under him, before Putin, gas prices went up a buck from what they were under Donald Trump. Now, the COVID situation is more intense under Biden. There's no doubt about that. Last year, Trump, about 20 million COVID cases in the USA. First year of Biden, about 53 million. And that was Omicron. Omicron wasn't as uh, vicious as the first wave of COVID, so there weren't as many deaths and as many hospitalizations, but it did disrupt the economy. Did it cause inflation? I doubt it. Because under Trump, in that wave that came in of COVID, remember, we didn't have a vax when it first came under, under Trump. There was no inflation. 1.25%. That's nothing. Okay, so COVID was here. It hit us hard. And the government shut down in April 2020. Completely shut down. Still no inflation. So I find it very hard to believe that it's a different situation with COVID vis-a-vis -vis the economy under Biden. Maybe I'm wrong, but I have a real good economic expert coming up and he will tell us. The second thing is that when you have policies that strangle energy production, as Biden does, then you're going to have higher energy prices. Never cop to it. OK, never. So my question is always simple. What has Joe Biden done in his first 14 months in office? 
that's empathetic. Can you give me one? Bill at BillOReilly.com. Bill at BillOReilly.com. Give me one. Just one. That's all I'm asking. Because I don't have one for you. I don't. So he could ask Congress to suspend the gasoline tax, 50 cents a gallon. That would drop prices immediately. Right? Has Biden done that? No. All right. Why? We don't know. A bunch of individual states, Connecticut, Mississippi, Georgia, Florida, New York, California, Maine, Tennessee, Maryland, Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Virginia, Michigan, kicking it around to drop their state gas taxes. But Governor Whitmer in Michigan, another unbelievable pinhead, she vetoed it. So you people in Michigan, you get her. Yay. Anyway, um, Biden inexplicably has not gone to Congress and asked for a drop in the federal gasoline tax of 50 cents, which would provide immediate relief. No. And he's not going to explain why. Think uh, Joe Biden cares about victims of crime? No. Has he said anything about it? Not much. Is the Justice Department actively working with uh, local and state law enforcement to drop violent crime? No. They're interested in arresting and prosecuting Donald Trump. (laughs) I'm interested in violent crime. Okay. How about border enforcement? Put migrants aside and tens of thousands of them being abused by cartel smugglers, but just the fentanyl and heroin and methamphetamine alone killing hundreds of thousands of Americans. Does Biden tighten up border enforcement? No. Now, these are all true. It's no debate. There's no debate. It's just true. Okay? And finally, um, throughout his career, all Biden has sold is, I'm uh, Joe from Scranton and I feel your pain. I'm Morgan Class Joe. I feel your pain. Do you really believe he feels your pain? Really? Well, if you do, I want you to write me and tell me why. Because he doesn't do anything to help anybody, as far as I can see. It's all party politics, ideology. All right. So Biden's going to Brussels next week for a NATO summit, send a message to Putin who couldn't care less about Ukraine. Now, I don't have a beef with Biden about how he's handling Putin at this juncture, because I always put myself in a position, if I were president, what would I do? I don't want, and you don't want, even if you don't know it, Believe me, you do not want World War III. So we in the West have to be patient. We have to constrain ourselves. It's nothing better than for uh, special forces to march into that Kremlin and do what we did to bin Laden to put nothing better on this planet. But we can't do it. Because in a shoot war between NATO and Russia, millions will die. And I, Without nukes, without nukes, millions will die just in a conventional war. That's how close quarter it is in Europe with, you know, high-tech weapons. So you've got to be restrained, but you've got to tell them, and Biden has, you attack a NATO country, we're coming after you. So right now, I don't have a beef with Biden about Ukraine, watching him closely, obviously. 
Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Joining us now from Washington, D.C., Kevin Hassett, the former chairman of the Council of Economic Advisors under President Trump. So he worked on economic issues. Were you there all four years at Trump? How long were you there? Almost almost all four years. I, okay. I uh, left in the summer and then I went back for COVID. So I, I, I was some, only gone for six months of the four years. I have some bullet questions. So in the four sure. years of Trump, no inflation, right? Correct. Why? Uh, basically, supply and demand kept up with each other. Uh, Trump had supply-side tax cuts and deregulation, and that meant that there were lots of new businesses, small businesses, new factories brought back to the U.S., and so there was plenty of supply. And when there's plenty of supply, then the suppliers compete for your demand, and that keeps the prices low. What Biden okay, has that done makes sense to me. I under- more. Right. Excuse I understood me? that, Kevin. Did, don't don't <laughs> now kick your coverage here. Just keep it keep it in my zone. I understand I, that. Yeah, okay, yeah. more competition for products drive prices down. I got it. Okay, yeah. that's number one. Number okay. two, under Trump, the Fed was printing money like crazy because we were spending money. Donald Trump is a big spender on the military and other things. Okay, so the Fed was printing a lot of money, but inflation still didn't go up. Same reason, right. supply and demand. Uh, there's a big difference between that, and, and I promise not to kick it more than 45 yards on this one. But what's basically happened since Biden's been in office is that he's been printing checks and mailing them to people, and the Fed has been financing that. And so it's like you're dropping cash from a helicopter onto the economy. Uh, and when you do that, then prices go up because everybody's got more money in their pockets. When Trump was doing it, remember, because of Fauci, unfortunately, the economy was shut down. So people didn't necessarily have a paycheck. And so when the government mailed the money, it was just filling a hole. And so Trump filled the hole. Uh, Biden gave you money, even though the hole was filled and you were back to normal. And so that's when the helicopter drop happened and inflation got out of control. Okay. Now, um, 
Do you believe that Joe Biden understands the last two answers you gave me? Does he have any idea about macroeconomics? No, I don't. I don't think he does. How about the people around him? He doesn't really have a macroeconomist uh, in his team, except for Janet Yellen. And, and I think that Janet Yellen, the Treasury Secretary, uh, you know, I'd, I'd love to see Bill O'Reilly read some of her writings and then talk about it, because it feels like she's been, you know, rehashing Democratic talking points rather than giving sound economic advice. And that's one of the reasons we're in this mess. Well, he, he won't even acknowledge the rise in gasoline about the simplest economic equation we can give the folks of a more than a dollar in his first year without Putin. Okay, so, I mean, is he going to blame COVID for that when Trump had that too? And, you know, there was plenty of supply of oil uh, when mm -hmm. Biden took over, right? You guys were, the supply yeah. of oil and gas and, and everything was about right up to here when Trump left office. But as soon as Biden came in and slapped all the regulations on the industry, the supply went down, correct? Yeah, that's right, Bill. And, 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 you know, the other thing is, having been in the Oval with President Trump and in the Situation Room and everything, one of the things that Biden has said that annoys me the most and angers me the most is he's kind of like saying, look, it's not my fault, it's Putin's fault because he went into Ukraine. But Putin went into Ukraine because Biden is so weak. And so even if you take the Putin argument, you know, then, then you should still say it's Biden's fault because there's no way if Trump was in the White House that Putin would have gone into Ukraine. But Mr. Hassett, I have to point out that's your opinion. That's not a provable yes. fact. Okay. That's true. Now I hold the same opinion that you do, but I can't put it forth as fact because Putin, I think, is unstable. I don't think he, you know, I don't think Putin's going to come out of this very well. But that's another opinion. But I want to stay in the factual zone here because okay. what Biden is telling the world and the American people is. Hey, I don't I'm going to have no responsibility for this bad economy here. I don't have any responsibility for the rise in gas and food prices. And that is a factual lie. It, it's just a lie. Right. You're, you're right about that. And, and it's the same thing that uh, President Obama did. You might recall they told us when the economy was terrible that it's the new normal. It's, they use these fancy words, secular stagnation. But they said it's the new normal. The economy can't grow fast ever again, and it's not our fault. And so once again, we have Democrats in the White House, and the economy's not doing so well, and they're once again claiming it's not their fault. But at some point, that pattern, I think, will be recognizable to uh, you know citizens, and they'll do something about it. And here's my most important question of the week, I think, not just the night. So I think there's going to be a recession right. as uh, companies right. now are feeling the pain because they have higher costs across the board, including higher salaries, because the workforce is shaky. There aren't, aren't enough employees. We're looking for people at BillOReilly.com now, editorial people. I mean, it's not easy to find them. So, I, you know, if you, if you have to spend more, more money on uh, employees, on products, then you got to cut someplace, someplace else. So do you think there's going to be a recession? Yeah, I think there's going to be a recession, and I think it's going to happen because the Fed isn't going to control inflation with the tiny little interest rate hikes that it's going to give us over the next, you know, five or six months, and that they're going to have to really whack the economy. And so the summer might be a little early, but by next January, sadly, 
you know, I, I think that we're likely to have a recession. And, and here's a couple of things that are facts, not opinion, uh, Bill, to, to stick on the table. Fact one is if you look at what's happening at the gas pump and uh, at the grocery store, then in March, when we get the inflation numbers for March, they're going to be like maybe up about 2% or up about 20% at an annual rate. And so it's going to be the highest inflation that we've seen any time in the post-war period for March. And so with inflation that high, there's an enormous amount of pressure on the Fed to do something. But what they, the only thing they can do is to raise interest rates. And the history of this is that inflation doesn't start going down until the interest rate is higher than the inflation rate. That's sort of like a very regular pattern in the data. Again, that's just the truth. There's no way the Fed's going to lift the interest no. rate to 10%. But until they do, inflation's going to stay a serious problem. That's really depressing. <laughs> You know, I'm sorry. It really, it really is depressing because yeah. I mean, people, a lot of Americans, they don't have a lot of reserves, and the only good news is that Biden and the Democratic Party are going to get their butts kicked in November. It has to happen. I mean, Americans are just going to go enough. We don't care who it is. We don't want you, and I, I think that will happen, and that might actually help. Um, the price stability and uh, and the economy if the Republicans get in a position of power in Washington. Final question. Um, if you are right and a recession kicks in, so America then becomes weakened on the world stage because it, the stronger our economy is, the stronger our nation is. And so where do we find optimism here? Okay, where do we, the people, find optimism? Obviously, 80 million people voted for Joe Biden. They all, every single one of them, made a mistake in doing that. Right? But now we have to recover. Can we recover quickly? Right. You, you know, Bill, I, I, I hope I can come back and we can talk for a long time about this. But briefly, what I can say is people need to know that this is an easy problem to fix if you understand it. Uh, you understand it. I understand it. If there was somebody in Congress and in the White House that knew how to, you know, what to do, which is like be friendly to supply, be friendly to small business, increase supply. If you do all that, then you can get ahead of the curve on inflation without causing a recession. And the last thing I want to say, just because I know that there are a lot of people that are watching that might be worried about this, is the people on Social Security, people on fixed incomes, you know, thank goodness those checks are adjusted for inflation. So I know that there's a lot of pain from the inflation, but our senior citizens on fixed incomes getting Social Security, their checks are going to go up because of this inflation rate. And so, you know, they, they shouldn't panic about it. Uh, okay, that's nobody one should good panic. thing about policy. Uh, real yeah. quick, would you, re would you suspend the federal gas tax now to give people immediately relief? I, I, that's not my first thing, but I would do that, yeah. The, the first thing I would do is basically allow, right now ships aren't allowed to, to move U.S. oil from city to city within the U.S. because of this crazy thing called the Jones Act. So the first thing I would do is let Americans buy U.S. energy and try to expand U.S. energy. That'd have a big positive effect. Yeah, just take all the regulations for six months off this uh, insane attempt to get us off fossil fuels. That's a given. But I, I don't sure. know why Biden's not dropping that dropping that federal gas tax. I mean, that would do him good if he did it. But again, I, I think you're correct in the top of the interview by saying he doesn't know what the deuce is going on. And that's really depressing. Mr. Hassett, we'll definitely have you back. Thank we'll, you. In fact, I'm going to anoint you our go-to economic guy. Um, it was very <laughs> good. If I can understand it, then I know you did your job well. And thanks for helping us out. We appreciate it. Thank, thanks. It's okay. to be here.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, here's the final thought of the day directed toward younger people. Your appearance matters. I know it's shallow, but we live in a shallow country. People judge you on how you look. Now, it didn't always, it wasn't always that way. When I was your age, during the Woodstock years, the Vietnam War years, if you look like a bum, that was cool and chic. All right? So there were a lot of, I don't know, unkept folks back in the 60s and early 70s. She's not so unkept. No, that's a guy. (laughs) Anyway, now it's different. So in the marketplace, you got to look good. You got, you just got, and it's a discipline. So every day you should have grooming, two grooming sessions, one in the morning, one in the evening, brush your teeth three times a day. Keep them, keep those teeth. All right. Your complexion, very important. Three times a day, wash your face. Okay, keep yourself well-groomed. It will pay off huge, but it is a discipline. Sometimes you're tired. Do it anyway. I'm looking out for you. We'll see you tomorrow.